Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this episode. If you're a FERS federal employee, you are in the perfect place to make sure you are prepared for your retirement one day. Today, we have three questions that you folks, you, my listeners, my audience, submitted that I'm going to be answering here today. Now, if you have any questions yourself, there's a link in the description to submit those. Now, I can't guarantee I will answer yours because I get lots and lots of these questions every single day. However, if it's a good question that I think lots of people will get value from, then I will certainly address it on the next Q&A. So let's dive right in. Again, if you're new here, my name is Dallin Hawes, a financial planner serving you folks as federal employees. So again, you're in a great place. Okay, question one. They ask, this federal employee asks, I will have exactly 20 years of service, 16 civilian and four military at age 60. And I'm planning to retire at age 60. Okay. However, I heard from someone that you should not take your pension until 62 due to a COLA. Is that correct? So there's a lot of goodies that we're going to break down in this question because a lot of misinformation and just bad advice right in this one. Long story short, if you don't know already, as a FERS federal employee, a traditional FERS employee, right, not a special provisions, as a traditional FERS, as long as you hit one of the three criteria for what they call an immediate retirement, then there's there's no reason to postpone your pension. So what, are the, what is the criteria? Number one, if you hit your MRA, your minimum retirement age, which for most folks is between 56 and 57, if you hit that and you have at least 30 years, then boom, you qualify. Or at age 60, if you have 20 years, so this gentleman, this federal employee, or this lady, they are going to have exactly 20 years at 60. So they are qualified for an immediate retirement. So they're good to go. Um, the last qualifications that you might need to have is that at age 62, you need at least five years of service to retire and have an immediate retirement. So as long as you hit one of those three, there's no reason ever to delay your pension. Now, the reason this gets confusing, if you have an MRA plus 10 retirement, which if you don't know about that and you think it might apply to you, I've got a whole article and ultimate guide on that. You could definitely check out. If you just Google, so you go, you can go back to my website, HawesFederalAdvisors.com. There's a search bar at the top right. You can search for it or you can Google it with Haas Federal Advisors at the end of your Google search. And I'm sure you'll find the articles you're looking for based on the topics you have questions on. Long story short, for an MRA plus 10 retirement, you can choose to postpone your pension in efforts to, in efforts to not get any reductions that would happen otherwise, okay? So that's where the confusion gets comes into play. It's kind of merging two different things. So for this situation, no, he should not postpone his pension. He'd just be giving up money. There'd be no reason to, to do that. Now, he brings up an interesting point. He says, due to a COLA, what is he talking about? Well, there's actually a good point he's bringing up. Long story short, Traditional FERS, federal employees, you don't actually get cost of living adjustments, which those are increases to your pension in retirement. You don't get those until you hit the age 60, right? Unfortunately, that's just the rules. Now, if you're a special provisions federal employee, you know that that doesn't apply to you. You can actually get COLAs before then, but for traditional FERS, you don't. So, and there's no way to around it, unfortunately. There's no way around it. Basically, let's say you retire at 57, well, your pension is not going to grow with inflation until 62. That's just how the rules work at this point. So keep that in mind. Not the end of the world, but just definitely keep that in mind so you have some margin in your planning as you move forward. That's question number one. Question number two. They say, I have an OPM retirement advisor suggesting I roll over some or all of my TSP to a fixed index insurance annuity. I am five years out from retirement and I have under 200000 in my TSP. Is this a good move? 
He also says, inflation is down and every day I lose money in my TSP. He pitches the pros but not the cons of the annuity. He says there are no fees. What should I do? This is a great question. So first thing, right off the top, at the beginning of this question, he says an OPM retirement advisor. There is no way in heck that this advisor is actually employed by OPM. There's no way, okay? Um, the reason I say this, first, OPM doesn't give this sort of advice, and they're never pitching annuities. So it's just some financial advisor out there, which is not really a financial advisor. They're an annuity salesman, okay? Now, these people are good people, right? There's nothing wrong with them. They're good people. I know annuity salesmen, right? However, you have to understand what you're getting here. And as a federal employee, long story short, you almost never are going to need an annuity, right? Because you already have multiple annuities. You have your pension, right? An annuity, long story short, is a fixed monthly payment for the rest of your life. Well, you've got a few of those. You've got your pension. You've got your social security, right? You've already got some fixed income. You rarely need more. So long story short, yeah, you probably should run from whoever this financial advisor is, right? Probably doesn't have your best interest in mind because they get paid only if they sell annuity. So whatever problems you have, well, if you've, you know, whatever issue it is, whether it's a leaking faucet or a nail, they've got one tool, right? They've got this hammer, which is their annuity, and they're, everything looks like a nail, right? They're going to pound it. Hey, you need an annuity. You need an annuity. Now, is buying an annuity going to just mess everything up? Well, now it may not be the end of the world. You're just leaving so much money on the table and you lose flexibility. Once you retire, long story short, once you buy an annuity, that money is the insurance companies and they'll give you a fixed payment, but that's it. That money is theirs. If, if plans change, if you need the money for it, no, it's, it's gone. It's their money now. Flexibility out the window. And in retirement, options are king. Okay, now you bring up a good point. Hey, in my TSP, I'm losing money every day. Shouldn't I just sock it away in, a, in an annuity where at least it'll be safe? Great question. Now, if you really want to dive into this, I've got a whole video on how you should be investing your TSP in retirement so that you don't have to worry about this sort of thing. So go check that out. But long story short, long story short, there's ways to invest in your TSP where you're taking on very little risk and you get all the benefit of investing yourself, right? Of actually having money outside of an annuity where you can actually get some growth over time. So that's question number two. Question number three, they say, when calculating your high three, do you have to have had that amount for a full year? For example, if I get a raise a few months before my retirement date, can that amount be used in the high three equation? Great question. So if you don't know what your high three is, or you don't know what what your high three is, long story short, your high three is the is the 36 consecutive months during your career that you got paid the most. It's your, it's your average annual salary during the 36 consecutive months of your career that you got paid the most, okay? So what does that look like? So let's say that for you, the last three years of your career, this is just an example. Let's say that um, the third to last year, you got paid 95,000. The second to last year, you got paid 100. And then the last year you got paid 105. So if you average those, what is it? Well, it's 100, right? So basically your high three is used. It's important because it increases your pension. Whatever your high three is, it affects what your pension is gonna be. So the higher your high three, then the higher your pension. That is how it works. So this gentleman, what they're asking in their question, getting back to the actual question, is hey, look, what if I get a step increase or a pay raise, whatever, 
just a few months before retirement. Will that affect my high three? Will, can it come in and affect my high three? And the answer is yes, 100%. So basically, you don't have to have a single salary for a full year, full three years. They just average it all pro rata, basically, right? So if you've got one year at one salary, well, basically, it gets one year worth of power, right, in, in that equation. It's just an average. So if you only have one month where you got paid a ton during that time, well, it's not going to have a huge impact, but it will have some impact, right? Because, again, there's 36 months, and whatever percentage of that 36 months is that certain pay, then that is the weight that it's going to carry for your high three. So I'm actually going to have a video a whole video and article about calculating your high three, especially for you folks, where it gets a little difficult. You could expect that here in the next month or two. So I hope that's helpful. Those are the three questions we had today. And again, if you have any questions, anything when it comes to your federal retirement, your investments, your health insurance, your survivor, whatever, anything, feel free. There's a link below to submit those. And uh, your question may just be on one of the future episodes in the future. So I hope that is helpful. Have an incredible rest of your week, your day, your month. I'll see you guys next time.